You're with SFM, 18 minutes after 7. Dr. Yaki Siliers is the chair of the board and head of the African Futures and Innovation at the Institute for Security Studies. Dr. Siliers, good morning to you. I need to come back to the Commission's findings that the violence was not linked to the jailing of former President Jacob Zuma. And I was reminded that actually... In 2022, nearly a year after the violence, Zuma's lawyers told a court hearing his corruption trial that the violence was partially, and I'll quote, partially motivated or sparked to whatever extent by a sense of public outrage at perceived injustice and special treatment of Mr. Zuma, end quote. Do you believe the finding the Human Rights Commission has come to? Uh, good morning, Stephen. No, I don't. I think um, I think both the previous two commentators have also reiterated a very curious uh, effort to, in a sense, uh, create a distinction, as if the unrest would have happened even had Zuma not been incarcerated. And I think that just doesn't doesn't hold. Uh, there is a significant amount of background um, evidence presented in the report that makes it clear that. Yes, you cannot legally provide evidence that links, um, that would stand in a court of law that links Zuma's incarceration with uh, the, the, the violence. But I think it is, I would almost say, common, common logic and common knowledge that the incident that sparked this was that incident. There are many structural reasons that underpin this. You mentioned them, poverty, inequality, racism, our history, legacy, and so on. But what gave the the spark that lit the gas that's on the rag was Zuma's incarceration. And yes, there appear to have been prior preparations to react by members of his core support group to react on this, and that then sparked a much wider uh, unrest that spilled into KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. But I think there's no doubt on that. It's a very curious way in which the Commission tries to make a distinction between the broad unrest and Zuma's incarceration. Yet when you read the report, um, in actual fact, they, uh, their own evidence uh, uh, sort of counter, uh, counter, is, is counterfactual in that sense. Um, one of the big issues here was also the response of the police at the time. Yes. You, as you point out, there was sort of gas burning and the police did virtually nothing. They didn't even bring a water pistol. There's so many yes. failings. Yes, I mean, what is interesting, the, the report goes into great detail in repre- presenting um, the dysfunction that you had between the minister of, uh, of, uh, of police, Peggy Taylor, and then Chief <coughs> Commissioner of the National Police, uh, as well as the lack of coordination, the fact that we had a new Minister of Defense, and uh, evidence that had been laid bare <coughs> by, amongst others, the um, Mufamari report and the um, report by Professor Sandy Africa. So we now have a clear evidence about the complete dysfunction and lack of coordination, not only between departments, but uh, within departments, uh, for example, within the police, between national and provincial level. And the question is, what is being done to fix that? And that, of course, is in the domain um, of the president to get the National Security Council operational, to get to close the link between the provision of intelligence on the assumption that the intelligence services have been fixed, which we don't know, and the police and the military. Um, I think it felt at the time as if the police were just doing nothing. And Dr. Salias, I remember so clearly a phone call we had from uh, a person who identified themselves as Kalani. They said they were a police officer. They'd be given literally two rubber bullets and told to go and stop, you know, a major protest. It was dark. It was cold. And he was asking us, what should he do? Now, that was what was happening on the ground. 
But this was a failure of leadership, wasn't it? The, the national police did nothing. Government provided sort of no help to anybody. Yes, no, no, there's no evidence. There was a lack of, of leadership and coordination from, from the top level. And the government was caught completely unprepared. You may remember the, at the time the discussions that were had, not only because of the dysfunction between uh, the, national, uh, the Minister of Safety and Security and the National Commission, but also the challenges that they were in finding the KwaZulu um, uh, Provincial Police Commissioner, and so on and so forth, uh, because they appeared within certain components of the police, um, and certainly within intelligence, to have been kind of support for Jacob Zuma. So the politicization of this whole event, I think, is very evident. Um, but we now have a number of reports that very clearly set out all the challenges and the issues um, and we can discuss and ventilate the differences and the quality of the report. But the big question is, so is government fixing the management of South Africa's security challenge? Because although I doubt that we will see a, a recurrence of what happened around Zuma's incarceration in July 2021, we are a country with significant structural challenges, poverty, inequality, and so on. And the tension, therefore, the social, the structural causes of instability, violence is high. And we need to make sure that we are... When something like this happens again, that we are, that we are able to manage it. Um, I don't think something like this will easily happen again. But um, certainly we are a violent country. We are going to have recurring issues, bouts of, of violence and instability as we try and get the economic engine going. And, of course, without economic growth, we will not be able to deal with any of these structural uh, challenges. The report talks about disinformation on social media. There were sort of fake um, voice notes doing the rounds on WhatsApp groups in certain areas. But there was also deliberate incitement of violence. And Zuma's daughter, and we're sort of back to this, Zuma's daughter, Duduzila Zuma Zumbudla, was literally telling people to burn things. As far as I know, she hasn't been charged. No no, No police officers even knocked on her door. Yes, I, but I, you know, um, at the time, you may remember that the Minister of, uh, of Safety and Security, or Police, I'm sorry, um, made the point, yes, we will see arrests uh, very shortly, and I think he mentioned a number of 12 people that they have identified. Creating a, a, a clear um, relationship that would stand in the court of law on uh, that incitement and actual action is, is very, very difficult. So I don't think it's any surprise that uh, people that have, that have uh, joined the crowd, uh, if I can put it that way, have not been um, uh, taken to court and convicted. It's a, it's a difficult uh, challenge. But then also we know that part of South Africa's problem is that the uh, criminal justice system as a whole operates very slowly, and it's full of leaks and challenges and issues. Yes, there have been some progress, but um, uh, I, I, yeah, th- th- those issues just we haven't seen much progress and yet, the, the, uh, although the, the tweets and this kind of stuff are there, creating a clear causal link between a tweet that uh, evidences general support and incitement and an actual event in a court of law is an entirely different matter. Dr. Yaki Saliers, thank you very much indeed. Chair of the Board and Head of the African Futures and Innovation at the Institute for Security Studies.